Hello, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanna LaFleur, and this is season eight, episode 13. Today on the podcast, we have Chad Veach pumped up to bring him to you today. You're going to love this conversation. And of course, this conversation is brought to us through our sponsors, Compassion Canada and the Canadian Center for Christian Charities are making this come into your ears or into your eyeballs if you're watching on YouTube. So thanks so much for them. Hey, if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel yet, we've got all kinds of tutorials and a back catalog of all the guests we've had on this podcast over eight seasons. Would love for you to go check it out. We're bringing out new content every single week to help you with social media and podcasting and video, audio and websites and how to think through leadership in your local charity church context. That's what it's all about. And if you love that kind of conversation, the Digital Church Facebook group, linked down in the show notes, is where you'll find us week to week. If you want to look for a job, you want to post a job, if you want to ask a question, you want to engage with others who are like-minded on this conversation, that's where you will find it. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Chad Veach. He's the founder and lead pastor of Zoe Church in LA, in California. And it's a dynamic community right in the heart of Los Angeles. For the past 20 years, he has dedicated his life to ministry and preaching the gospel. And he has also written a ton of books. In addition to being the pastor and also an international speaker, he's written four books. One of them is called, I love this, Help I Work With People. Also, Faith Forward Future and Unreasonable Hope, which is the story of his daughter living with disability. And also, of course, he hosts uh, the Leadership Lean-In, which is also a leadership podcast chart topping podcast. And he and his wife and their four kids, they live in LA. But the book that we're talking to him about today is called, it's his latest book. It's called Worried About Everything Because I Pray About Nothing. So today we're talking to Chad Veach about stress, anxiety, burnout, and how prayer can be an antidote to that. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Word Made Digital Podcast with Joanna LaFleur. Word Made Digital brings you interviews with Christian creatives and communicators to inspire, challenge, and equip you in your own work. The church has the best news in the world, so we want to help you be the best communicators in the world. Here we go. Chad Veach, welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm so pumped to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to meet you. Hey, uh, Chad, can you introduce yourself? For those of us who don't know who you are, who is Chad Veach? <laughs> I am a father of four. I am a husband of to one. Uh, I lead a church in Los Angeles. I am a struggling golfer. And uh, <laughs> I love coffee and long walks on the beach. So good. So good. I mean, if that's, uh, if that's your like friendship dating profile too, that's pretty good. <laughs> now right. we're here to talk about prayer and anxiety, which just feels like a really critical topic for us in 2022. Um, and I know they say you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but I mean, the cover of this book <laughs> it's real good. <laughs> the, Thank you. Hey, can you tell us the title of this book? And then the, the follow-up question is like, why now? Why this book now? Well, I think, you know, the title is called worried about everything because I pray about nothing. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously that's out of Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Right. Boom. Uh, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> you know, that, that, uh, that verse uh, really is saying don't, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm really not stressed out or overwhelmed about the things that I cover in prayer. Hmm. And it's not that prayer changes those things always, is that prayer changes me mainly. And uh, it gives me peace, gives me a better perspective. It gives me power to overcome. And so this book to me is so important right now because we're dealing with just unprecedented days. Uh, inflation. The Great Resignation, politics, uh, racism, uh, just so on and so forth, the social media pressures, just so many things going on. And we can be so overwhelmed in our culture that in, if we're not careful, we don't unplug and get time with God. That's what prayer really is. Prayer is just talking to Jesus. And the exchange that happens is I can download, I can be frustrated and vulnerable and mad and disappointed. And in exchange for me being honest, God brings his strength and his joy and his love and his peace into my life. So I just think it's an important book for everything we're facing right now in culture. Yeah. Cause for a lot of us, like that verse that you just rhymed off. I love that. I love that you have scripture memorized. I think everybody should do some of that, but for some of us, uh, that's all it is. It's like a scripture we've heard a ton of times or maybe even memorized some of. Um, so what do you think that is the disconnect? Because I think we, you know, even just a quick, die, you know, without even looking at the stats, but just a quick look at some stats, talk about how people find it like hard, stressful. It, like it makes you have anxiety to think about prayer, let alone like if prayer is like the antidote to your anxiety, but just thinking about trying to pray makes you anxious. So like, how do we move this thing from prayer as an idea, a biblical concept to it actually being part of our life? Because most people pray like five minutes a day at the most. I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of barriers with prayer. Yeah. You know, so there's things that block us to, to, to do this. And I think one of them is, you know, I don't know anyone that enjoys doing something that they're not good at. Right. And an, an, another barrier is, okay, let's say I did want to pray, but then I want to pray, but I'm, I'm a bad person. Like I got sin, I got struggles and issues and I'm not perfect. So why would God listen to a struggler like me? Hmm. So I just think there's a lot of misconceptions about prayer that we got to remove those barriers. Prayer is simply talking to God and it's so what God wants you to do. Just talk to him. And so I think we got to remove the barrier that it's impossible. Like one of the things to talk about in the book is like, like if you're good at texting, you're like, oh, I can't pray. Okay, but can you text? Huh. So why don't you start a contact in your phone named God and start texting God and just tell him everything. And because it doesn't have to be in a journal all the time or out loud all the time or a prayer walk or uh, kneeling. It can literally be texting because it's just communicating to God what's on your heart and your mind. So I think, you know, it's amazing to me. The disciples, 
They watched all of Jesus's life and they never said, can you show us how to walk on water or can <laughs> you teach us how to turn water into wine? Or that man, I mean, it would have been a good skill. We, yeah, we would love, can you show us how to raise dead people? Yeah. The only thing that they asked, they marveled at this. They go, when you pray, that is so amazing. Can you show us how to do that? So right. even from the disciples that were with Jesus, they had the posture of going like, show us. I think you need, the way that we learn prayer, to be honest, is doing it with people. So finding people that are already good at it and going, how do you do that? How do you just talk to God in an authentic way? Not putting on the thou shalt God, Jesus, Lord, you know, God. <laughs> it's like, okay, buddy, thanks a lot. Jesus even addressed these people that pray like that. He's like, they already got the reward by making themselves look important. So prayer is authentic. It's genuine. It's real. It's vulnerable. And I think that we've got to remove these barriers so we can just get on with it. Just start talking to Jesus. And was there like something in your life that changed this for you? Like, was there a moment, a season, a struggle that like, maybe there's, maybe there's more than one, but like when you think about prayer as you've been working on this book, what was one of the things that switched that for you that made it actually like a real part of your life and not just like, oh yeah, I should do that. Or I'm freaking out right now. I'm just going to do it when I'm freaking out in the moment rather than like your whole life. Yeah, talk about it in the book, but, you know, there were some real moments, uh, you know, growing up that like I really was like, wow, prayer played such a pivotal part of my life. Hmm. And one of them was in high school. I, I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in church, but God really got a hold of my life when I was 16 years old and I started to serve God and I really wanted to see my friends and my school get saved. So I started this prayer meeting uh, during lunch and I said, you know, we're going to eat for 15 minutes. And then the last 15 minutes, we're going to pray. And I even really know how to pray at the time, to be honest. Not that, like, I wasn't an expert. I'm 16, 17 years old. Yeah. So first day, we eat for 15 minutes. And then me and a buddy, we go to a classroom. And it's a public school. And we, we pray. And next day, there's like three of us. And we're just, we're, we're praying. Hey, anybody need prayer today? Okay, let's, God, we just thank you for Tim. He's, you know, he's got a test next period or, what you know, whatever. And then long story short, this thing just grew from three to 10 to 20 to 30 to, we had to move out of a classroom into the choir room, 40, wow. 50, had to move out of the choir room into the gym, 60, 70, 80. I just took off. And so I learned how to pray because I was doing it every day at lunch. You just get better at pouring out your heart, being transparent. So that was a real fundamental, powerful moment in my life where I, I learned how to like talk to Jesus for my friends and, you know, my, my classmates, my teammates. So I just think you need times where you're doing this. So maybe it's in the morning, maybe it's in the nighttime, maybe it's every time I get in the car, whatever it is, like find that daily time. Where you're like, all right, I'm setting aside this time to talk and connect with God. Taking a pause in this conversation to talk to you about Compassion Canada. Transformation can feel like, I think, a bit of a buzzword these days. What does it even mean? What does it look like? Well, one place that transformation is so evident, I've seen it myself, 
It's in the stories of the former Compassion sponsored kids. That's like graduates or maybe you could call it the alumni of Compassion programs. And now they're adults and they're telling their stories of how sponsorship impacted them. Like Rhea, she's from the Philippines and she has this line that she said, knowing someone cares for you, it changes you. And Rhea's story powerfully highlights how being sponsored built Christ-like confidence in her and empowered her to take hold of a future free from poverty. So today, she's a passionate advocate for kids and a sponsor of a child herself. I love this. She sponsors a kid in the community where she grew up through that local church. And so child sponsorship transforms lives like Rhea's. If you want to know more about her story or others like her, and you want to learn more about child sponsorship, go to compassion.ca slash if only. There's a link down in the show notes. that you were learning it in a group like you're talking about it was like the momentum and even the accountability of doing it together like set a time everybody show up and then you're gonna figure like you're learning it's like you're you got like your gym buddy like you're building that muscle together that's exactly right yeah and i i think how do you learn how to pray you 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 do it together it's like my my kids i pray pray with them at night right pray over them and then when I ask them to pray, they're regurgitating my language. It might be disconnected or fragmented, but they're learning how to pray because they're listening to me. Mm, right. And so you use this expression, spiritual bypassing. What is spiritual bypassing? I just think we have so much of it, by the way. It's like, you know, we deal with something like uh, racism or we deal with something, you know, that's controversial in culture and we just kind of want to slap a cheesy cliche Christian bumper sticker on it, slap a verse on it and just get on with it. And to me, it's like the first two guys of the good Samaritan that were like, Oh, God bless you, brother. God bless you. And, but there was one guy that was like, no, we're going to deal with this. Hmm. And I think we got to be careful not to spiritual bypass and, and, and prayer can't be used as a thing where it's like, I'm praying about my marriage. So I don't need to go to counseling and actually talk about our issues. Or I'm praying for my kids, so I don't need to discipline him and like address his behavior or your coworkers or friend, family, whatever it is. Like prayer is not the license to bypass the issue. Hmm, right. It actually should condition us to have our heart right and ready to address the issue. So that's good. I think it's a it's a scary thing in the church. That we want to, I, I think it's spiritual manipulation a lot of times too. It's not just bypassing, it's manipulating with jargon and using scripture for our benefit so I don't actually have to ever do anything or, or pray about anything. So we gotta be, we gotta be careful with that stuff. Yeah. Well, and it makes me think about this idea of, you know, you start, we started the conversation talking about, or a few minutes ago, you're talking about, you know, you can text your prayers. Like it can be as simple as that. But then on the other hand, you're talking to the living God of the universe <laughs> or maybe universes, as we've just seen in the last couple of weeks in these amazing photos that came out of, of like, you know, the galaxies out there. It's just unbelievable. So you're talking about prayer as it's bringing us closer to God, but it also needs to give us the fear of God. So it's like, you want to talk to God like he's close to you, but you also need this awe and respect. Like he's not like, it's not just like Jesus is my bro. Jesus is my yeah. homeboy. Yeah, it's what is more that? than that. Yeah. yeah, Jesus is my homeboy. Right, right. Well, And I, and I, and I think, you know, like 
the more I have a relationship with Jesus, like, first of all, how great is he? He goes, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. So what is the brilliance of Jesus is that I have a relationship with God. And I I just love that he is so relational. He just breaks down all the barriers of the law and the wall that separated us of performance. And now I'm in, in relationship with God. And James says, if I draw near to him, he draws near to me. And so he's looking for me to turn to him. He's looking for me to, to, to initiate and, and, and respond to his grace. So I love that there is all of life is lived with an attention. Is he my savior or is he my Lord? He's actually both. Hmm. So he saved me from my sin, but I don't just get fire insurance so I don't have to go to hell. He didn't just save me. He now becomes my Lord, which means he's in control and he calls the shots and he's the guy. I am not the guy anymore. I do not call the shots. And so I think in prayer, we start to, man, you start, it's, it's so funny. Sometimes you start prayer with your agenda. God, I want this and I need you to help. And I want you to go and you end up praying, just being like, but Lord, you know, your kingdom come, but God, I want your will. And Lord, I, I just, I thank you that you are for me and you're with me. And, And the end of your prayer is just like, you started it with agenda, but how did you get to a place of surrender? Right. Prayer so does that. And and again, that's why prayer changes things, but mainly me. Hmm. Um, and, and when you're talking about this, it, it is this conversation where I think a lot of people, uh, you know, why don't we pray very much? Because it feels like a one-way conversation. It feels like we're talking to the air. I mean, not the air maybe, but like, just talking to someone who, you know, it's, it isn't talking back. <laughs> so how, right. how would you advise people, you know, when they're trying to figure out, you know, what's God's voice in my life, in my prayer conversation versus just like, you know, my own ideas or uh, that YouTube video I watched last week or, you know, how, how, do you dis- how do you kind of filter that out? What would you advise people about that? Well, yeah, I always think, you know, God speaks the loudest and he speaks clearest through his word. Hmm. So if you ever want God to speak to you, so easy. Open up your Bible and start reading because that is God speaking. And so I think that, you know, prayer is so beautiful because it also helps me start to navigate in prayer as I'm praying. Is that me? Is that the enemy? Or is that God? checking these voices. Jesus says a stranger's voice, they will not follow, but my sheep will recognize my voice. So the more I read his word and I talk to him, I know what he sounds like. I know what truth sounds like. And I started to discern because now I know what lies sound like. The liar, the serpent, the accuser of the brethren, the one that throws fiery darts at my life. I know what accusation and lies look like and sound like, cause I've spent enough time reading the Bible and talking to Jesus that I know what Jesus sounds like. It becomes a familiar voice rather than this obscure I think Sometimes people are like, God will speak and shine a light and an angel will appear and blah, 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 blah. Do not go to Nordstrom's today. <laughs> or like you open the Bible to some random page, like you f- falls open and God's going to speak to you off that random page you opened it up to. Yeah, it's like it's like God's just like, 
you want to know what God sounds like? Read the book of Proverbs. Mm. Go through the Psalms and watch a guy, watch a guy pray his heart out in such a vulnerable, sometimes confused, sometimes angry state. Read the Gospels and watch the spirit of Jesus and the character of Christ fall on you. And so I think, you know, God's voice, it's, it's, it, we never have to ask for God to speak to us. He is always trying to speak to us. Mm-hmm. We have to pray for strength to hear his voice. God, give me the ability to remove my agenda and my ego and my trauma and my drama so I can hear you. This episode of Word Made Digital is brought to you by a Canadian organization that has served churches and charities for nearly 50 years. That's the Canadian Center for Christian Charities, or maybe you know them as the four C's. So they support charities with operational questions like receiving donations, CRA guidance, board leadership and training. Joining their membership is simple and affordable, but it's like providing your church or your charity with a knowledge base and a team of professionals in addition to your staff team. So you don't need to be the expert at everything. You can partner with them. And it's like you have added to your own staff team through your membership at the Four C's. So if you want to check out Four C's membership and its affordable rates for your organization, visit cccc.org to learn more about how they can help you and how to join. In some ways, you're already saying it, but... Um, maybe I'll ask it this way to see, you know, you're a pastor, you have a heart for people and you're talking to people every week uh, who are going through whatever they're, and asking questions, wrestling with God. Do they even believe in God? Um, When you think about prayer and us not doing it, not having this be part of our life, what is at stake? And I don't mean that in like, put all the, I don't mean like put all the pastor guilt on people, but truly like what is at stake for people? If they don't pray. Well, you know, I mean, let's just go back to the verse again, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. So, if I don't pray, my heart and my mind are both open and susceptible to crazy anxiety, crazy levels of stress, insane levels of burnout. The moment I pray, my heart is guarded from offense, from hurt, from pain, from devastation. It's called supernatural peace. In fact, it it goes beyond our natural understanding. So I could be in the hospital in the worst situation, going through hell on earth and still have peace. That does not make sense. How could that be? Because it is beyond our understanding. And that's the type of power and peace we're tapping into when we pray. It's not our own human power. It's supernatural power. And so it's a scary thing not to pray. And I think, I think going back to the barriers, if I was the enemy, I would do everything within my power to convince you that you're not good enough to pray and you will never learn how to pray and that God won't listen to your prayers and that God is a God of disappointment. You don't waste your time. Because I know if I'm the enemy, I know if you start praying, you're going you're gonna to live a life of levity, of, of, of comfort, of, of peace, of joy, of strength, of wisdom. 
I don't want you to do that. So I will convince you with everything I got. You're not a person of prayer. You're not good enough. Can't do it. Don't waste your time. It's for the elite. It's for the pastors. It's for the, it's for the do-gooders. It's for the tithers. Mm-hmm. You, you're not good enough. And so I think we got to be very careful not to believe that lie because when we start to pray, it is an absolute game changer. Well, I love what you said where the things I'm praying about are not the things I'm worried about. If I'm praying about it, I'm not worried about it anymore. It's the switch for you. Absolutely. Um, think about, think about, I'm not, I'm not stressed about my church or my finances or my hmm. children or anything going on in my world. If I choose to consistently submit them to God and pray about them. But I'm telling you, you want to live in a world of what's going on? What's going to happen? Just don't pray. And and you'll feel that all the time. Uh, Chad, before we close off, there's a few questions I ask everybody at the end of the podcast. Quick rapid Great. fire. Number one, what's the best spot to travel that people don't know about and they've got to get there? Well, I just went for the first time to Portofino, Italy. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I, I'm hooked. It's my new favorite place. So, did you eat gelato every day? Every day. Okay, good. Hey, every what's, day. hey, what's a book that changed how you think about something? How to Win Friends and Influence People is probably one of the best books ever written, in my opinion. I try and read it every year. Wow. It's just changed my life and the way I see people and treat people. Uh, what's a movie that made you cry? Wow. Uh, many movies have made me cry. I'm thinking about this one. It's something in the title recently I saw is something about boy. It's about this father whose kid, like teenage son, gets addicted to drugs and he's really fighting for his son to come back to like his so sobriety. And I just was wrecked. I can't remember. Boy was in the title, but I can't remember the first word. But it was just like I could just see this father and just I was like, let me pray right now for my children. God, please don't ever let my kids do a drug, get addicted to a drug. <laughs> it was just one of those movies. So good. And okay, the last one on this list is you're in an ice cream shop. There's like 50 flavors or maybe the gelato shop in Italy. Uh, what's your go-to? What's the flavor? Well, I'm, I'm doing a single scoop split. So there's two flavors of ice cream, but it's only a single scoop. So it's not too much, but I'm doing mint chocolate chip on one half. And I'm doing cookies and cream on the other. You are the first person to give my ice cream order. There we go. <laughs> Chad, we're kindred spirits. I That's knew right. it. <laughs> That's the, you're the first one who's ever said my order. I love <laughs> it. You understand. It's perfection. Oh, you, you, you're anointed. You get it. You're called my God. <laughs> Um, okay. The things as we close, first of all, you know, your book worried about everything because I pray about nothing. Where do you want to send people, um, to find you and to find the book? Yeah. If you go to, uh, my website, which is just my name, chadbeach.org, uh, there's tons of retail, you know, you can get it at Target at you know, Barnes and Noble, Amazon everywhere, uh, or you can get it right there. So, uh, any, it, it's sold everywhere, wherever you want to go. Awesome. And then maybe as a, as a last like teaser, can you tell us as we close, cause we're on a podcast, people listen to podcasts here. Tell us a little bit about your leadership podcast as maybe yeah. the, you know, the cherry here before we say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. So I do a, a podcast called leadership lean in and we talk about the subject of leadership It's one of my favorite subjects in the world. It's the greatest felt need in the world is leadership. 
And so we talk with some guests, we talk about leadership principles. And uh, so that's on, you know, Spotify, Apple, everything. But it's just, I, I was raised by a dad that was always giving me Blanchard and Lincioni and John Maxwell and yeah. Zig Ziglar books. And I, so I just love leadership. So we talk about it. Awesome. Chad Veach, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on. Chad Veach, thank you so much for that conversation. The next episode is the last episode of the season. We're bringing you Susie Gomez next week. I love how she describes herself. Canadian by birth, Korean by heritage, Mexican by marriage, and American by immigration. So you're really going to love the conversation with her. Pastor, preacher, leader all the things. Thanks so much to our sponsors, Compassion Canada and the Canadian Center for Christian Charities for making this episode possible. In the meantime, before we bring you that episode, I want to see you on the YouTube channel. Why don't you hit subscribe there? Or just go check out our whole catalog of tutorials and podcasts. All kinds of people we've already talked to would love for you to check that out. And also, if you want to be part of the conversation, join us in the Digital Church Facebook group. All right, that's all for now. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Word Made Digital Podcast with Joanna LaFleur. If you like this content, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Rate it and share this episode with your friends. Head over to wordmadedigital.com for more free tools and helpful content for creatives and communicators. We love helping you communicate the best news in the world. 